All right. Good morning, True Life. Yeah. How about the worship this morning? Wasn't that awesome? Oh my gosh, that was that was fantastic. It just seems like every it's just a build up. If you were here Wednesday night uh, for our first Wednesday, it was it was awesome. The worship just didn't want to stop at the end of the night. It just. Uh, it was just an awesome thing, and, and God's got a lot of that in store for us. I'm Pastor Perry. I'm one of the ministers here on staff, and it is a pleasure to be here and to be able to minister today. To all of our visitors, we want to welcome you here. Those watching online, we're so glad that you've joined. Mom, hi. Uh, <laughs> I got one fan. Uh, so it is a pleasure to be here. And uh, Pastor Michael will be back up here in just a couple of weeks you may have seen them around here somewhere. I'm not going to point them out in front or anything like that. Uh, but I, I, for one, am looking forward to you occupying this space up here. And Amanda, for you to be up here, pastors, it's a privilege. And I did say this in the first service. And I, I was just like this week spending some time in, in prayer and uh, I know you've said this many times, and that is, I am so grateful to be able to get to do what I do. This was a very fulfilling week. We've had some, uh, we've had some people that have uh, needed some pastoral care. And uh, in the past, if somebody was in the hospital or, or needed that emergency care kind of thing, it either had to be after work or just couldn't do it at all. And this week, to just be able to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to run to the hospital. I'm going to make a visit and then run to another. If you guys could go to the same hospital, it'd be really convenient, you know? <laughs> but, but it is truly an honor to be able to do those things. And for your giving and the way you support the church uh, to be able to bring me on staff and do the things that I love to do, I, I want to thank you uh, to be able to do that. So... Some exciting things coming up. It is so many wonderful, 21 days of prayer, some concerted effort in prayer on Wednesday night. You saw that on Saturday mornings. Make sure you're here. Also, small groups, September the 11th, we kick off right around the corner. If you're thinking about doing a small group, that's probably God. So, you know, because why else would you think about doing one? Is that something you normally do? No, talk to us about it. We have some training for you, and uh, we, we want to be able to get the information to you. So, uh, small groups, 21 days of prayer, just so many exciting things uh, coming about. So, last week, I want to jump in so that we got time to get everything in. Last week, I talked about not being offended, no offense, and... Uh, uh, some of you came back this week, so I didn't offend everybody, so I'm glad that you're here. So what are we going to talk about this week? Well, we are going to talk about no offense. And you say, no, nah, not again. I, I heard the story of a pastor, new pastor, came to a church first Sunday. He preached on forgiveness. The second Sunday, he preached on forgiveness, third, fourth, fifth. Long about the 10th week, the board brought him in and said, look, we brought you here to preach to us. When are you going to preach on something besides forgiveness? He said, when you guys start forgiving. Uh, that's not the case here as far as I don't think that everybody's walking in offense. 
but it's something that can hinder us so quickly. And this is coming, a lot of it, right out of the Freedom Book. We teach the Freedom class, uh, my wife and I, and we have, I think, some other classes that are going to be available for Freedom this semester. But uh, being offended is so easy. It is so easy for all of us to be offended and to also offend. So I heard a preacher talk about this, and I kind of adopted some of this. I'll give credit later where credit is due, but uh, turned it around to kind of my own because that's the way I preach. I must have listened to a dozen or so podcasts on offense, read articles, read books, and this is just kind of the overflow from that. So the title really today is, What Do We Do With Those Special People? You know those special people that are in our lives that seemingly it is their mission to offend us. You know, they will tell us what we do wrong. As ministers, they will point out the fallacies in our sermon or they didn't like the way we presented something. Uh, All of us face those people. You know, when you see them coming towards you, you're almost like, oh, I've got to find something to do. Because you know they're going to say something and it's going to irritate you and aggravate you. And another FYI, we've said this about other things, if you don't have that special person in your life, you're probably that person to other people. So being, and I'm going to tell you this, when I talk about being offended, understand this, we are also the perpetrators of offense. I know that I offend people. And we're going to talk about the grace that we need to have in just a moment. So where's our scripture today that we're going to jump into? We're going to be mostly in Ephesians 4 today. Ephesians 4, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not anger I mean, do not sin in your anger. Everybody here, you're going to be angry. Some of you might be angry right now. I don't know. You're preaching on offense two weeks in a row. I'm angry. We'll deal with that. Do not sin in your anger. Uh, We're all going to get that, but we need to resist the temptation to sin. Because if offense has happened and we get angry, we're going to end up offending as well. It says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. And when it says, don't let the sun go down, I asked the question like, you know, one time I asked my pastor, you know, I said, you know what? My brother and I had a big argument. This was when I was a brand new Christian. He just got on my nerves and I got angry and we fought. But the sun was already down. What do I do about that, pastor? Because it's already, some of you husbands and wives know what I'm talking about because it's already dark when you guys have that fight because it's the first time you've seen each other all day. It's not talking about literally the sun rising or the sun setting. It's saying don't let a lot of time pass before you deal with the situation that is caused the anger. In other words, if you got angry, you know, don't let the sun go. I, I heard one preacher say, you know, we had a fight on a Monday and we didn't settle it till Thursday. We didn't sleep because we couldn't let the sun go down on our wrath. No, 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 that's not the case. But you need to understand when you've got a situation 
deal with it. And there's a lot of ways we'll talk about that in a minute of dealing with it. But you need to deal with it. Don't let it go on and on and on because it's just going to lead to offense and it's going to lead to those things. So don't let that, and do not give the devil a foothold. The King James says, don't give him place. Don't give him a place. And I've, I've preached this, I've taught on it, that foothold, and it is true, you know, you think about rock climbers, that they have to get a handhold and they put their foot in and get a foothold, but really the Greek word, and I'm kind of a, a, a word nerd, anybody else that way, you see a word, you look it up, whether it's in the dictionary or somewhere else, excuse me just for a moment, <clears throat> but you get that word and you look it up. So I looked up foothold, and it literally means to give a... (coughs) Don't drink water too fast. (laughs) It goes down wrong. It means to give a room or a place to. So in other words, when, when we are angry and we sin, and we let that anger boil over and keep going, what we're doing is we're leasing a room to the devil. We are giving him a room in our heart. Now, Penny and I, a few years ago, we used to house international students. Uh, we did that to get make money so that we could help pay our youngest son's college bill. And we housed students from China, from Japan, from Panama, from Mexico, from Brazil, from South Korea, uh, and I'm probably missing a place or two. There were times we had as many as three students staying with us at the same time. We had both men and we had women and, and uh, adults. Some of them were teachers that came to learn English better. Some of them were young. And we housed them for about four years. And we had some wonderful students, some that we stay in contact with and we're friends with to this day. There were some special ones One in particular that I can remember after a few weeks, it's like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, this is not going to work out anymore because we are going to commit a crime if this person stays with us because they just got under our skin every way possible and there was an out in the contract and we took the out and we said, no more, we're not going to have you with us. You need to go find another place. Why? Because we were not going to rent a room to someone who was going to upset us and make us angry and mad. But yet with offense, if we hold on to it, we are leasing a room to that person that offended us and we're letting them stay there. The other thing that it means is a bookmark, to place a mark, to place a holder in a book. Now, this is a type of offense. Have you ever done this? I know nobody here is guilty of this. Maybe you know somebody that you get an argument, again, let's say with your spouse, and it's a good one, but you settle it. And you say words like, I forgive you. Oh, I forgive you too. Uh, You know, let's make up and boom, it's all over. You have forgiven one another. Three months from now, you have an argument again. And you go back to that book and you open the placeholder up. And now not only are you mad about what they did this time, but you're bringing up the old garbage and you're bringing up the stuff that's supposed to be forgiven and put away, but now you're opening the book up and some of you have place markers every other page and we don't need to do that. That is giving a foothold to the devil. It's renting a room to the enemy. So, uh, 
The Bible also says from there, Ephesians, foothold, I'm sorry, I should have jumped into that. Uh, it says here, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those that listen. I always have fun with this when we talk about this in the freedom group. You know, don't let unwholesome talk. Because when we're offended, one of the quick things to do is to bite back at them with some kind of vicious word, whether it's a curse word or some derogatory thing that's said. When you do that unwholesome talk, and again, my word nerd coming out here, uh, is unwholesome talk means corrupted, rotten, putrid, bad worthless or unfit. When we allow things, somebody offends us, we're offended, and now we're going to start talking trash about them or to them. Anything that is rotten or putrid. I don't know about you. I, I, I said this in the first service and I had three people come up and said, oh, I did that this week, pastor. It was awful. You know, this summer, I can remember one day going out to get the trash cans and the trash had been emptied. It was gone. But it was like 96 degrees. And I pulled the trash can. The first thing I did when I got there, I wanted to make sure they had taken it. And a lot of days we don't have a lot of trash. It's just the two of us. But I opened the lid. Now, all we had put in there were bags of trash, you know, sealed bags of trash. When I opened the lid on that 96 degree day, I thought I was going to pass out. The putrid smell that had hit me in the face from that rotting trash. But when we hold on to an offense and we allow corrupt things to come out of our mouth, it's putrid. It, it, it is foul and it does no good to anybody. We're going to deal with not being offended and dealing with those special people that try their best sometimes to offend us. Watch your mouth, you will only make it worse. Amen. Thank you. The Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. They may have offended you, but now it's your problem. And if you're speaking filth, if you're speaking trash, and it's coming out of your mouth, I got to say this, dirty mouth, dirty heart, okay? And I'll go a little further here. This is one of my pet peeves. I think as Christians, our language should be wholesome. It shouldn't be filled with vile cursings and things like that. We're glorifying Jesus. Do we really want to, you know, one of the, one of the words that defines worship, I forget which one, is to actually like blow a kiss to Jesus. Do you really want to kiss Jesus with that mouth? If you've been saying foul, watch yourself. Most of the time, people cuss because they can't think of anything else to do. Be smart, okay? Okay, I've got off my soapbox. I just offended three of you. It goes on here. This, this is where my word nerd really kicks in, okay? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, uh, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, think about the last part of that as we go through this. Everything that I'm going to mention here, I am probably guilty of. And when I think about that, that God forgave me because of Jesus, 
then I need to get rid of these things. So let's go through these. What does bitterness mean? Bitterness, by the Greek word, is just strictly hatred. It's like a nice word for hatred. Oh, I'm bitter. I, I'm just a, a little bitter about that. No, you hate it. And you're operating in hate when you allow that root of bitterness to get in you. And he says, get rid of it. Take out the trash. Get rid of it. The second one, rage. Anybody ever had rage? <laughs> Road rage, maybe? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything here. <laughs> I may have been angry a couple of times behind the wheel. I try to change it now, <laughs> you know, because Penny will say, that's not nice, you know? <laughs> and my grandkids will, they'll call you on it, you know? They really will. Worse than your kids. You're, you know, especially if like you have like Sydney, she'll call you on it. You know, you can't say that, pop pop. You know, but rage. So Penny and I, we I've come up with this thing. When somebody does something like you know, they they wait to the last minute and try to speed past and do all of this stuff, I'll say, look, Penny, a professional driver. They must have a license that enables them to do that. You know, I wish I had that license. You know. Or look at them. They're special. They get to cut people off. Look at that. How about that? The other day, somebody started blowing their horn at me. I have no idea why. You know, they started blowing their horn at me. I said, oh, look at the friendly people. Hey. <laughs> I think I said it here one time. I was pulling out of a parking lot, and this guy pulls in front of me and stops one time, this old man. And I don't, I have no idea. I've not gone anywhere. I'm sitting in my car and he starts jawing at me like I've done something. So finally I just looked at him and blew him a kiss and he drove away. <laughs> Listen, when you're offended, when you're offended, we want to go into rage and rage, it's not controllable. It means to boil over with anger. To boil, you can't control a boiling pot. To boil over with anger, and I liked another word that was in there, panting, panting. You know, have you ever been so mad that you've been like this? That is rage. And if that's you, you need to work on that. Really, really work on it. Listen, we, 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 we are followers of Christ. You know, I always love, well, Jesus turned over the tables in the temple. Okay, so that's what you're going to do. Jesus also healed the blind man, forgave the woman, gave living water to the woman at the well. He raised the dead. Are you doing those other things too? Are you just picking out the one thing that he did one time? And it was just to purify the temple. Anger means a natural disposition. It actually is part of our character. This word here, he says, get rid of that character, anger, that anger character that you have. It's indignation and it's an instrument for punishment. We use anger to punish people. I got mad at that person. They offended me and I'm going to stay mad at them and I'm going to show them that. And again, spouses, this is a big thing. I'm not going to talk to them. Why? I'm trying to punish them may not be a punishment, but I'm trying to punish them. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to cooperate. I'm going to huff and puff. I'm going to do all of these things. That has now become part of your character. And I don't want 
that to be part of my character. Can you imagine filling out a resume for somebody? Tell me some of your characteristics. I'm angry a lot. Got rage. I'm bitter. Brawling is crying, and it's not like boo-hoo crying. It's like crying out. There's, you know, we cry it. Today, people are crying out about everything. You know, in the streets, they're crying out. I told you last week, you know, we get offended about everything, everything. You know, I, I mentioned things like mask or don't mask, vax or don't vax, kneel or don't kneel. You know, are, are we going to uh, do this or do that? We get offended at everything. We, have a, we get offended at stuff that doesn't even touch us. Brawling, that's that crying. Slander is to injure someone with your speech. Injure their good name, to lessen their reputation, or to belittle somebody. That special person offends me. So I go to somebody and I start talking about them. You know, I might, you know, I, I, I just, you know, might, might say, hey, hey, Scott, do, do, you, do you know what Chris said about me? I can't believe it. He's got room to talk. You know, do you understand? I can't believe that. You know what I'm doing? I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm, also, I'm trying to take a superiority stance, but I'm also slandering my brother. And I'm trying to get a teammate to help. That's what that is, gossip, but it's also slander. And building a team and, and getting offended, when you're offended, don't build a team. Matter of fact, the Bible says that to pick up somebody else's offense is like picking a dog up by the ears. I don't know about you, but I don't want to do that because when I put that dog down, it's going to bite you. It's going to bite me. And if I pick up somebody else's offense, it's going to bite me, folks. And it's going to bite you. So don't, don't do that. Don't slander. And the last one is malice, which is ill will, a desire to injure. I don't want to hurt people, even if they hurt me. Christ did not do that. When he, was, when he was hurt. So, in your anger, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your mouth. Don't rent a room to the devil in your heart. Don't do that. This was a, a, a quote. Somebody actually looked this up for me. I couldn't remember where I read it, where I saw it. But being offended is inevitable. It's inevitable. Everybody's going to be offended one time or another. Some of you walked in here offended. I said, whenever when I read this, I always think the Dr. Pepper jingle comes into my mind. You know, I'm a pepper. I'm like, I'm offended. You're offended. He's offended. She's offended. Wouldn't you like to be offended too? And we could like join, be a pepper, you know, whatever. Because we're all going to be offended. And here's news for you. You're also going to offend people. It's going to happen. Being offended is inevitable. But being a choice, being offended, living offended is a choice. And that was Craig Rochelle that said that. Uh, so being offended, it's inevitable. But you choose to carry that offense around with you. You just do. I mean, there's times that I've been, <laughs> there have been times that I've been beat up. And I'm sure I've beat people up with offense. There's times, you know, that it happens. It happens more frequent than you think. And there have been times, Penny can tell you, that I've gone home and I've said, just pray for me. Just, just pray. For, I don't want to react. I don't want to react to this. I, I want it solved, but I don't want to react. Just pray for me. You know, it's a choice to keep carrying it and to do that. So, uh, Groeschel again followed up with this. He was one of the ones that that I, I follow and love to listen to, and got to listen to him at Motion. Woo! 
Woo! That was awesome. The three D's of destruction. It is to divide, to distract, and to discredit. In divide, offense will divide. It will divide families, friends, and even churches. There have been churches that have fallen because of offensive things that have been said and done. There's family members that don't speak to each other for the rest of their lives because of offense, because of something stupid. And let me add that too. A lot of offense is just something stupid that is said or done. It distracts, and if, we, if it can divide us, offense can also distract us from our mission as Christians. It will get a side road, on a side road instead of in the thing we should be paying attention to. I don't know about you, but I don't have time anymore in my life to be offended about things because there is a call of God on my life. And there's people out there that are dependent on me, not as a pastor, but as a Christian friend, as a Christian husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a neighbor. I don't have time to go down a side road and be offended. I need to be about my father's business. Amen? I don't have time to be offended. So we need to drop those things. It's going to hit us for a little while, but it needs to be a season because I like this. The day of your hurt. Some of you are here today and you're hurt. Somebody's hurt you. Somebody, and listen, some offense is stupid. Some offense is real. I said it last week. Some of you have been through some horrendous things. Your children may have been through something horrendous. I'm not saying the offense isn't real. Sometimes it's that great big monster that you're facing. But the day of your hurt should also be the day of your healing. It should be the day of your healing. It should be the day that you start working on getting better. The word says this way to us. Be kind and compassionate one to another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Be kind and compassionate. Here, word nerd again. Here's an alert. Be kind. The word kind means to be mild, to be pleasant, to be gracious. To be, bl- to, to be, to be mild, to be pleasant, to be gracious, to be better. To be better. I want to be kind. I need to be better at being kind. I think pastors said it. I know I've heard uh, Chris Hodges say it in, in talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, in receiving the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It re- makes me better than me. I want to be better than me. I want to be better tomorrow at being kind than I am today. I want to be more gracious than I, than I am today. I want to be better tomorrow. And then, you know, and it goes on to say, be compassionate. Be compassionate. And the word there in the Greek, sometimes you look it up in the Greek and you'll go, oh, how am I going to get that into a sermon? The literal meaning, to be compassionate means to have strong bowels. (laughs) You would. (laughs) But so what do you do then? I look up strong bowels. (laughs) You know what it means? It means to be compassionate to the point where you feel it in here. You know what I mean? When you, when you just, it, it's here. When they're hurting, you're hurting with them. 
And it's not just a, oh, I'm praying for you. I'm so sorry. No, it's like, oh, man, I, I need to pray with them. I need to talk with them. I need to comfort them. I need to take them a pot of soup. I need to, man, I am hurting for them. And when it says to be compassionate, they, but they offended me. Why did they offend me? What are they going through? I need to feel their pain for a minute. It needs to get down inside of here. I don't, you know, and listen, it's one of the areas that God will lay on me a lot of times when, when I'm around people that, that are hurting when it comes to, 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 to the pastoral care or something. And sometimes I'm like, Lord, I, don't, I just want to feel good right now. Why am I feeling so bad? And then I realize I'm, I'm, I'm actually hurting for them. And that's what it means to be compassionate, to have that strong inward thing that allows you to be compassionate. And some actually, it's not listed, but it's almost like a gift that people just, they just feel it. Be compassionate one to another, forgiving, pardon, or show grace. And you know some of the hardest people to show grace to are the ones that are closest to us. We get offended by them so easily over, that's usually the dumb stuff. And we don't show grace. We don't give the benefit of the doubt. We don't like, you know, they, something's wrong. It offended us. So we're going to take it out on them. Instead of giving grace and kindness and asking the question, is it really going to make that much difference? Let it go. And then the last thing here on this part is I looked up the word be. Be. Be kind. Be. I thought, well, I know what be means, but I didn't. Because when I looked it up, it means, you know, because I'm looking at it as be compassionate, be kind, be this way. And I look at it and I go, but sometimes I'm not. Well, the word means to become that, to begin to be, to come on the stage to perform. I like that. Some of you here, you say, well, I, I can't, I'm, you know, kindness just isn't my thing. Well, then start becoming kind, okay? Get on the stage. Get on the stage and perform. That's faking it, isn't it? No, it's a step of faith. <laughs> There's times I've been kind to people that I wanted to slap, <laughs> you know? I'm performing <laughs> because he said to be that way, to become that way. And you know what happens? It lessens the load. It lessens, it just does. It lessens the load, it clears the air, and a lot of times it brings about a conclusion and a good answer. And you're able to minister to somebody. Okay, so let's move on here. Jared threatened to tase me if I go too long today. Psalm 139, search me. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. Oh, <laughs> oh, and lead me in the way of everlasting. This scripture, when I studied it, it's like I felt the Lord tap me on the shoulder and said, you're starting 21 days of prayer with this scripture. <laughs> and I am, I am. This is, this is, you know, because I'm going to get the moat out of my eye before I get the splinter out of somebody else's eye. So my prayer 21 days of prayer. This is my opening scripture for me. Search me, God. That word means to do a complete examination. 
and give permission to explore. God, search me. I might still be praying the same scripture on day 21, but I know God, I, I, I just have, I need it. I get busy sometimes even in just church work that I forget to say, God, search me. Is there anything that's unpleasing to you? What do you need? You know, when you get my age, you've been through your share of examinations. And, you know, when I was really, really sick, they would send me from one specialist to another specialist to another specialist. And it was always the same thing. You go in and they give you this nice attire to wear. And now a lot of places it's paper, you know. It's not even real. And they still have the thing in the back where there's nothing in the back, you know. And they'll say, walk down the hall. I'm like, no, I don't want to walk down the hall. But when you get to my age, you've been through it so much, you have no more modesty anymore. It's gone. So pretty much anymore, I walk into a doctor's office. I just take my clothes off and that's it. Get it over with. Which was really embarrassing at the dentist last week. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Here's the second part. The, 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 the second Hey, listen, we had a marriage conference where worse things than that were said, okay? Uh, here's the next thing, and, and I did steal a little portion of this from Groeschel, but uh, uh, make it my own. Listen, you're not as awesome as you think. Turn to your neighbor. No, don't turn to your neighbor and say that. You're not, I'm not as awesome as I think. You're not as awesome as you think. This is what the scripture says about that. Two men went up to pray and went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, a religious leader. He had all of his P's and Q's and everything. It was all there. He had his religious training. He, was, he, he walked around piously. He knew everything. And he was a tax collector. All right, he was a Pharisee. Then there was a tax collector. The tax collector was considered to be a scumbag. Uh, Whitney preached the other week on Zacchaeus and, and did a wonderful job with that. Zacchaeus was not well liked because the tax collectors, here's a simple way of saying it, you know, that if, 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 uh, if I owed $100 to Caesar, the tax collector would come and say, you owe me $120 because he had to put his little part in there and that's what he made. I'm picking on Scott today. So if he went to Scott, he would say, Dude, that guy is filthy rich. Okay, you owe Caesar 100 and you owe me 200. So you got to pay 300, you know? So it wasn't fair, but that's what they did. And people didn't like them. They just did not like tax collectors. And so it says that those two came. I like the Pharisee here. Listen, the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I'm not like robbers. I'm not like evildoers. I'm not like adulterers. I'm not even like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I've got. Let's put it in modern day here. Lord, I thank you that I pay my tithes. Well, Penny does, but I give my tithes. We give offerings. We support a kid over in Africa and give a monthly donation to that. My wife and I love the Lord. We didn't sleep together before we were married. I don't know how she resisted, but we didn't do it. 
We've done our best to raise our kids. I am so good. I am not like those people out there in the streets. I am not like those people of, uh, that, that uh, do things different than me. I am not like those evil people today. And we'll name them. And we'll make people feel bad for those things. Do you like me now? No. No. Because everything that I could do, you ball it all together and the Bible says it's like filthy rags. I'm not like that guy though. I'm not like that homosexual. I'm not like that guy in jail. I'm not like that drug addict. I'm not like that alcoholic. And we say things like that and we justify ourselves with Jesus said, well, let's go on and read what the tax collector said. The tax collector said this. He said he wouldn't even look up at heaven. He beat his chest and he said, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man, rather than the other, was justified before God. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. I am not any better than anybody on the face of this planet. Amen. But by the grace of God, so go I. I asked this question last week. Do you want to be right or do you want to make a difference? We get offended because people don't agree with us. And what we want them to agree with us over is not going to make a difference in eternity. Hmm. My children, I will be with you only for a little while longer. You will look for me and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you that where I'm going, you cannot come. Powerful scripture here. A new command I give unto you. Love one another just as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. Love one for another. That's what he's told us to do. He told us to love one another. Listen, that's the thing I like about true life. I see all types of people come in here. Different backgrounds, different incomes, different races, different things. And we're going to love on you. Okay? I give you my word. We're going to love on you. We're going to love you. We may not like everything, but we're going to love you. I don't like everything about me. And I'm glad that this church loved on me when I didn't love me, when I didn't care about me. This church loved on me. So love one another. It's not about being right. It's not about being right. Because listen, when I'm convinced that I'm right, I feel moral superiority. I know this is right. I know that. And when I feel moral superiority, this happens next. I become judgmental. Because if I'm right, you're wrong. And I need to tell you you're wrong. And I become judgmental. When that happens, now I can become easily angered or I can become offended myself. I can become offended myself because you're not doing the way things I think you should do those things. It's exactly the opposite of how Jesus was. Because listen to this. Jesus was the most right person and he was the least judgmental person. He didn't tell the woman called in adultery, you're going to hell. You have no hope. You have no chance. He told her to go and sin no more. 
The woman at the well, he didn't say, you have five husbands and you've been shacking up with the one you're living with now. He said, let me give you water that you'll never thirst again. He didn't look at Peter after, after the resurrection and say, you betrayed me. You have no place in the kingdom. No, the statement that Peter said that you're the Christ, the son of the living God, the church was founded upon that very principle. Jesus loved. He was the most right person. So when I'm convinced that I'm forgiven, when I'm forgiven, God has forgiven me so much, I feel profound gratitude. When I feel profound gratitude, I become more accepting of people. I become more accepting of people right where they're at. We used to say the saying, you know, the church used to try to clean the fish before they caught them. They give a lift of rules and things you can do and can't do. And if you don't do these, you know, hey, you're done. No, 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 no. Let Jesus do the cleaning. <laughs> he sent us out to bring the harvest in. That's all he sent us to do. To teach and to disciple, yes. But listen, I feel more accepting. And when I'm more accepting... I'm overflowing with love. So don't judge people. We don't do that. Here's, here's something I thought of here. You don't change people by judging them. You do by loving them. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that he loves you? Right where you're at today. The last scripture I want to read. The word says this. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and I have all knowledge, and I have faith that I can move mountains, but I don't have love. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. You know what? As a church, we can have the bright lights. We can have the best singers. You know, we can have, in a, in a couple of weeks, you're going to have some, well, next week you'll have some good preaching. A couple of weeks you'll have some really good preaching. I mean, the guy is much younger than me, and and better looking, you know, I can preach circles around me, but in a couple, you know, that we, but we can have all of that. We have several people in this church that can minister. We can have all of those things, but if we don't love, all we are is a bunch of noise. That's all. I thank God that my church is not that way. It's not. Again, you loved me. When I see some of our outreaches, I was watching some of our people during, during the Easter egg hunt and just watching the emotion, watching the care. Even when we were tearing down decks and cleaning things up and got to have prayer with the people we were helping to watch the sincerity of our people. To see when we've had tragedy in our church and watch the whole church pull together and show love and to show that to people. I'm going to tell you this. We love you. Here at True Life, we love you. Don't let offense get you down. Don't let offense beat you up. You will be offended, but you don't have to live in it. Let it go. Show grace to one another. Be treated like you would want to be treated. There have been so many times that, that I've been offended, and then I find out, that the person didn't even know. They were just like, oh, I didn't know that. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I've had to say that before. Oh my God, I didn't realize that. I am, if we show grace, we don't even have to go that step. Just show grace. Let it fall off of you.
The love that I say that we have for you, it's minuscule compared to what God has. If you're here this morning and you've not experienced the love of God, you've not experienced His forgiving, cleansing, loving power, He wants you to experience it today. You see, He already loves you. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, today's the day. Let's just quit putting it off. Would you bow your heads for a moment? If you're here today and you've never made that commitment, or maybe you made that commitment a long time ago and you've walked away from it, and you say, Pastor, today, I want to get my heart right with God. I want to start on this love journey. I want to be free from all of those things you said. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand real quickly? Anybody at all? Anybody in the building? Amen. Amen. I see that hand. Amen. I see that hand as well. Thank you. Is there somebody else? Would there be another? Just lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. That's me. Amen. 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 We've had some hands lifted. I just want to pray a prayer with you. Church, would you join in? Let's show some love right now. Sometimes it can be a scary thing to come into a crowd and make a commitment. So you, can you verbally, just kind of verbally hold their hand here? Will you pray this prayer out loud, everybody in the building? Dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive my sin and come into my life. I surrender myself to you and I accept you as my Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. One more thing. If you're here today, just keep your head bowed for a moment. If you say, Pastor, I, I've, been, I've been allowing things to offend me and I've had some of those bitterness and rage and anger and all of that and I need to drop it I need to let it go I, I need to let it go just real quick just throw your hand up and take it back down anybody amen 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 I want to pray for you father God I just thank you right now we just release we release all of that stuff unwholesome talk bitterness anger rage malice the whole list of them God we release those things. We're not going to give a room to the enemy any longer. We're going to kick him out. We're going to evict him. In the name of Jesus, we just tell you, Satan, you have no place. You're gone. In the name of Jesus. Amen.